Hi, welcome to Swordnut Radio. This episode, we will be playing Cogs, Cakes and Swordsticks, written by Lynn Hardy and published by Modifius Entertainment. Cogs, Cakes and Swordsticks is a pulp steampunk adventure world adjacent to our own. We'll be playing through what is essentially a tutorial adventure contained in the rulebook. We're using pre-generated characters from the rulebook, and so we've cut out a lot of character creation and rules explanation. So that you can follow what's going on, I'll briefly summarise the rules. There's not many of them, so it won't take long. Characters have three statistics, cogs, cakes and swordsticks. They choose which one they're good at, and that becomes a plus three bonus. The other two become a plus two bonus. The only way you get those bonuses is if you can describe something about your character that you've established applies to the situation. For example, as an ex-army officer, you might have expertise in sword sticks, in general fighting, and so that would apply to everything. But it might also apply to things like uh, a cog's role, which is interacting with the environment. Although you might not be able to shoehorn that particular thing into, say, a cake's role, which is about social interactions. The GM sets a target difficulty from 1 to 9, and the players roll on a six-sided die. And that's basically it. There are some damage and healing rules, but we do cover those in the actual play. So without further ado, I'll let the players introduce themselves. And this episode, as voted for by the Swordnutters on Twitter, is Fabulous Cheeses. Enjoy! So if we want to introduce ourselves, uh, Dave... Hello, my name is Septimus Jenkins. Don't let my rather demure and friendly demeanor fool you. I'm fucking huge and mean. And Biddy. Hi, I'm Harry Banks. I frequently confuse people because my father died young, unfortunately, so I was brought up by my mother. Therefore, I'm not quite as manly as perhaps society would like me to be. Oh, butterfly. <laughs> Adam. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Little Billy. I'm well known around here. I tend to do a lot of running around for ladies and gentlemen as needed. When you need something to be delivered, I'm the man you can rely on. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am Paul, and I will be your master of ceremonies for this adventure. And I shall try to keep this voice up for as long as I can. Amazing, you don't sound like a constipated Australian. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time someone has ever heard. Actually, I'll do it in character. It's the first time someone has ever heard a BBC voice done by an actual Englishman. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> of course, mine is a BBC voice done by an American, which everyone has heard a million times before. Sh- shall we try a, a, a lovable Cockney next? Yes? <laughs> I, can't do, I can't do Cockney. You're right. <laughs> The year is 1880. You fine gentlemen all work for the Bedfordshire Gentleman's Parcel and Post. Uh, uh, People's Parcel and Post, thank you very much. We have to be inclusive. Bugger inclusivity, this is the 1880s. (laughs) Well, I don't know about you, but buggery wasn't on the menu at my school. It wasn't posh. (laughs) Mr. William Pettifer and his associates have been summoned to the Bedford offices of their employers, the Bedfordshire Gentleman's Parcel and Post. When they arrive, the reception clerk hands over details of your latest assignment. You are to take a valuable package from Bedford to London on the Midland Railway. Smashing. Deliver it to our client, the Honourable Miss Constance Smethurst. Second-class tickets have been provided and the train leaves in one hour. Fortunately, it's not raining outside. So that's a good thing. Shan't last. Gentlemen, over to you. So who's actually going to be holding the parcel? Probably going to be um, William Pettifer as uh, the uh, delivery man. He's well known, obviously. Uh, Septimus Jenkins is the uh, bodyguard kind of thing, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Harry is probably more the, um, the appointed by the management because he's, uh, he's actually the, uh, the son of the owner of the company. Harry, you need to check it out of my face. Okay, so, yeah, it makes sense that Harry would have a package, um, he's learning. 
Pettifer would probably direct things and uh, Jenkins would be the muscle. Yes, of course, sir. Your job descriptions are entirely in your hands, gentlemen, should you wish to rewrite them. Oh, I think being the hired security is good fun. Gives me more opportunities to punch people, which I do just adore. Although, Jenkins, we would appreciate it if you would be a little bit more, um, shall we say, conservative fists. Not in my job description, I'm afraid. Mummy is terribly not fond of the violence. Well, it's not that. It's uh, the last last uh, delivery that had... Um, well, I don't think it was too pleased to receive a fistful of fives. <laughs> it's terribly rude. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, just working out company policy. Company policy, yes. Um, but you will remember that we were only paid half because of that fiasco. Well, gentlemen, shall we be off? The, the train will be leaving soon. Are there any final arrangements um, you require, sir? Do you know how long the journey will be? On, on hearing your remarks about the length of the journey, the clerk interrupts. It'll be a bear now. All right. Actually, do you know what? I'm going to check that. Because it's Bedford to London. That's about 30 miles. These trains are going to go about 40 miles an hour. Yeah, okay. Yeah. There you go. Actually, saying that, if we've got, if, if they've developed um, inter, um, steam engine and then anti gravity, surely would the train not coast along? Less friction, but you still get air friction. Steam powered maglevs. I don't think so. Customer pay for standard class only. <laughs> Sorry, Harry, you don't get to fly this weekend. Uh, shall we leave, Mr. Banks? Is there a food cart on the train? I'm certain there will be, sir. Excellent. More cucumber sandwiches are in order, with a nice nice cup of tea, maybe some scones. Okay, gentlemen, well, if we don't leave soon, we will miss the train. We do still have to get across to the, to the station, and uh, at, this, at this point, a dog cart will take us at least 30 minutes. Uh, I'll, I'll step out into the road, and, and I'll hail down a, a cabbie. But it's it's a it's a horseless cabbie, so instead of you know still the same shape and everything, as if there should be a horse in front, but instead of a horse in front, there's just this bizarre sort of um steam engine thing on the back, still wooden wheels with spokes and everything, iron rims, but there's almost this sort of train contraption hanging off the back side. And the reins just control the front wheels. Where do To the station, good man. Uh, with all possible haste. All right, get in the back. Clamber, 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 <laughs> climb. Plop. Would someone like to make me a cakes roll, please? Uh, I shall make a cakes roll. Seven. There's another oh, passenger. Oh, that. So it's a uh, so sorry. So it, the plus three only applies if I can crowbar it in. There, yes. Which I can't. So in fact, that's a five. With a five. Well, a five is a very positive result still, and that, that, that is extremely tricky. So, with a five, there is another passenger in the back of this cab, but you get to decide who that is, and their level of personal hygiene. <laughs> good. Very Please, clean. dear God, good. Yes. Um, a, a, a very Pretty. Clean, big boobs. Very prim. <laughs> yes, you beat me to it. Uh, uh, an attractive young lady, shall we say. Of the night? Um, I don't know. I, I do not frequent such places. I wouldn't know what uh, Lady of the Night What social like. status would you say she would have? The scarlet dresser in the, in the very low cut. Ample bosoms. Indeed there is. And she strikes up a sparkling conversation about how the weather has been lately at night and has been very clement. Well, that, that must be fortuitous. Has business been good lately, madam? Yeah, it's been brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> you just see my my face just go, okay, no longer interested. Can hardly get my legs together. <laughs> uh, obviously, I, I, I was the one that sat next to her, and I'm now sort of scrooching up against the wall of the cab. So I, I painted this beautiful picture in my mind, and, and Paul is now just essentially emulsioning over the top of it with his new portrayal of this lady. <laughs> she is a very attractive lady. Just she, just, she just sounds like Barry from <laughs> down the pub. You know Barry? It's a diamond geezer. <laughs> well, well, madam, uh, sounds like you've got a bit of a sore throat there. Would you care for uh, 
Be careful of a cough sweet. And whatever. She takes your offered sweet with, with much aplomb. Cheers, Gov. To which uh, I'm assuming she gobbles it down. <laughs> yeah, you learned a lot about robbery. Robbery? Sorry? Robbery? That robbery, you've not heard about that. See, sometimes I've got nothing to talk about because sometimes people just want to talk, you know. <laughs> so I read the papers, don't I? Well, I'll get them, I'll get some read to me, like. But yeah, there was, there was, there was this, this some geezer out in the countryside got knocked over. Knocked over, dear lady. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, proper stately arm. I don't. Oh, oh, what's his name now? I don't know. I don't know his name now. Oh. Yeah, so, so, some some geezer out in the, in the country got got knocked over and, and they uh, and made away with with loads of stuff. Yeah, apparently worth a fortune. Oh, that's certainly interesting. Do you know who the gentleman was that was uh, robbed? Well, the lady in question certainly doesn't know the name. It's, it's escaped her for the time being. However, if one of you would like to make a cogs roll to try and recall, or perhaps stop off and obtain a, a broadsheet. Uh, I have a very good memory for names and faces, so this is right up my alley. Yeah. Excellent. I roll a six, so it's four plus two. So six is an extremely tricky roll. So yes, this would be extremely tricky to remember a name offhand that you may or may not have seen in a paper in passing. You recall, now that this charming young lady has, has sparked the thought in your mind, that the Duke of Bedford's home at Woburn Abbey was recently burgled and is all the news this morning. Oh, Jenkins, you know. So did you read this paper or did you just hear it on the grapevine? Well, I read the paper every morning, sir. It's, it's good, good for the brain. Good to be for a man of some stature to be, you know, interested in politics and everything. You know, I'm not getting out of my place. You must understand. One leaves these things to my betters, but nonetheless, my vote counts. Not at all, Jenkins. Your insight is always appreciated. I find the newspapers to be quite boring. Woman's Weekly does it for me quite fine. <laughs> yes, Harry. We know all about your reading habits. I've seen the magazines. For the listeners at home, in the adventure as written, we're using pre-generated uh, characters. However, Biddy has chosen to flip the gender of his character, I assume, to avoid insulting anyone of a female persuasion with his horrendous betrayal. <laughs> so instead, he'll just insult everyone who is in the slightest bit effeminate camp or actually likes things generally associated with the female gender. Women's Own, Women's Quarterly, as it is in these days, is the finest investigative journalism on the planet. Thank you. So, unless you would like to continue the conversation further, your cab will arrive at the, at the station presently. Yes, very much sitting in silence. <laughs> Maybe occasionally glancing at the cleavage, but then I remember the voice. <laughs> Maybe I could just get her to shut up. So you continue or in gag. silence. Punctuated only by the occasional <laughs> of a cough sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, you have arrived at the train station, and William, you have noted, with some slight disappointment, although not unexpected disappointment, that these are in fact second class tickets. See, now Harry, this is why you always check the contracts. They've given us second class tickets. That means we're practically riding in the baggage carts. Next time you accept a contract, make sure we at least get first class. That way we can ride in comfort. Well, I, I, I'm glad you have such high opinions of me, but it's not actually myself who accepts the contracts. I just, you know, complete them. Complete them and therefore ratify them. For some context for some other listeners who might not be acquainted with the railway system of the 1880s, First class includes sumptuous accommodation and uh, being waged on hand and foot by special attendants. As much tea and cake as you can as you can cram into your your hole in your face. I've no idea where that came from. <clears throat> Third class is little little better than steerage. It is often uh, hard, uncomfortable seating. Legislation was only just passed, forcing train companies to include a roof. Second class, by contrast, is not uncomfortable. You are more or less guaranteed a small compartment, not unlike that scene on the Hogwarts Express. Yeah, I, I would compare it to first class being the main cast of 
Harry Potter, second class <laughs> being the supporting cast of Harry <laughs> Potter. In fact, they were all in second class. Huh. It's nicer than you think. In first class, you get a free blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> Considering that was a school train. <laughs> I, I believe I have yeah, just, I've just forced Biddy right, to eject long. beer from his nose, and my night is over. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's here all week. <laughs> I don't feel I can improve on that performance. So, you make your way aboard. Your carriage is, is uh, your compartment is pre-booked and has a door facing onto the tracks directly. On the opposite side of the carriage is a small walkway, something where only one person would really be able to uh, access and egress, but afford you uh, the opportunity to move along the carriage and possibly between carriages, although that is very frowned upon. This is the old-fashioned train where you actually enter your carriage directly from the outside of the train. Indeed. Indeed it is. Okay. Well, they actually trusted people not to be stupid enough to jump out of the train. <laughs> I, I believe they still didn't trust them to be uh, not to be stupid. They just simply didn't care. <laughs> if one wished to eject oneself from the carriage at high speed over a, a ravine or some such, who are we to stand in the way as British Rail employees? It's nature's yeah, way. Indeed. Although, oddly, although Darwinism wasn't really embraced at this point, it was pretty much day-to-day life. Mm. Um, so, yes, let's uh, find our seats. I'm going to say Darwinism never happened in this world. A guy named Bob came up with it ten years before Darwin did. Bobism. So Bobwinism. Bob-winism. <laughs> <laughs> Simply the principles of Bobwinism, good sir. Gentlemen, at this point, I, I would like you to decide whether your carriage is is booked entirely or whether you are sharing your accommodations with other passengers uh booked entirely for the security of our package the standard protocol you understand indeed jenkins you are you are uh, the best at this you know how to handle these things so anyway when they sit on one on either side and i sit with my back i sort of shift so I'll when the train is stopped i'm facing the the door to the to the platform and when it's moving i'm facing the door entrance, yeah, into the train hallway. Words escape. English, bad. The arrangement of the carriage is three seats on either side of the aisle. So Banks and Pettifer are sitting opposite me, and I've got one side to myself. Directly above you, there is a narrow wooden ledge, which small items may be placed. Above this is much larger netting on which larger items of luggage may be uh, stored. That's a good question. I don't think anyone's asked the size of the package. Yes, good point. Finally. (laughs) (laughs) The package is roughly 8 inches long by 6 inches wide by 4 inches tall. You note that it is rather heavy for a package of its size and is wrapped with brown paper and twine. And lots of it. It is marked for the attention of your client. It would be hilarious if you just said, You all forgot to pick up the package. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody told me that you you were adding it to your inventories. If it's not in your character sheet, you don't have it, so fuck off. Well, I believe you sent us the character sheet, so that means that uh, you failed to give us the package. (laughs) (laughs) So, as the name of Miss Constance Smethurst adorns the top surface of the package. There is, of course, no postage stamp or, or or postage mark however you have been handed to this you have been handed this by your staff so you are confident that it has been paid for in the proper manner smithhurst i'm assuming is hyphenated smithhurst one word oh smith s-m-e-t-h-u-r-s-t the honorable miss constance and roughly how how heavy is this uh I've got to switch to Imperial now because it's the 1880s. Um, you you would say it's 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 roughly three to four pounds. Ra- rather weighty. That's not particularly heavy for something that big. More like eight pounds would be heavy for something that size. Depends on what it is. Well, heavy for Hang something. Bear in mind that my brain doesn't work in the slightest in, in Imperials. How many pounds <laughs> would that be? It is the size. Or, it is or equivalent. It, it is roughly the size of a house brick and four times the weight. Excellent, thank you. Okay, so not something that can easily be concealed in your coat. Well, one doesn't know what could conceal one's coat, given the right circumstances and excuse. <laughs> 
I think you certainly could. It would certainly ruin the line of your, of your jacket. Though. I know there are many people who know me who wouldn't be surprised at all to see something the size and shape of a house brick in, in my <laughs> pants. <laughs> Much more likely we would be carrying it in some sort of heavy leather valise or something. I assume Mr. Banks would have a valise. Seems the type, doesn't he? I have no idea what such a thing is. I assume this is some sort of messenger bag. Basically a satchel. You don't know what a valise is. It's sort of like a briefcase, but it opens from the top only. Oh. Similar to like a doctor's. I see, I see, yes, I see. I see, yes. Quite. So, gentlemen, unless there's business you need to attend to, the train will depart. Okay. Once we're underway, gentlemen, I will sound effects. Thankfully, the BBC has a huge volume of sound effects for steam <laughs> trains. I have no idea why. <laughs> so, as the train gets underway, you're steaming through the countryside. This is the stopping service. This is not the express. So whereas you thought it would take maybe an hour, this is going to take a little longer. The train conductor makes his rounds and stamps your tickets leaving little didgets all over the floor. Yay. At this point, I would very much enjoy if you would give me a cogs roll, please, and do try to, to accentuate your roll with your skills. Everybody or... This is an important roll. Everybody, please. Okay, so, rolling for William Petitha. Uh This is a science student delivered. Uh, I rolled an eight. That's six plus two. Justify why your science isn't delivered is helping you in this situation. Considering that um, I obviously am the proprietor of this uh, company, um, I'm... Most certainly I'm not the proprietor of this company, sir. The proprietor of this company is your erstwhile companion, Harry's mother. Uh, professional runner, then, should we say. Happy that everything is... Well, it seems to be really smoothly underway. Going off without a pitch so far. In that case, sir, I am going to deny you your bonus. You may rule it a plus one. Uh, seven. Seven? Uh, what, what were the, the rules for the other gentleman? Uh, Harry is going to roll a six, and I'm going to crowbar my cogs in there, because I'm quick on the uptake, observant, and quick to learn. So obviously, whatever is happening, I'm aware of it, I'm taking note, and I'm adaptable to what is afoot. That's fair. Okay, so six. Six? And Septimus. I have a rogues gallery in my head, and I am paying attention to every face as it goes by to compare it to broadsheets of which I am aware. I keep up, of course, with the newspaper, but also the local uh, policeman's alerts as to frequent robbers, pickpockets, etc. Excellent. And your roll, sir? It was a five plus two, so a seven. Seven. Excellent. Well, those of you who reach seven, bugger. Have, have breached the difficulty level I have set for this task. Yay. Excellent. Bully for you. So. Yippee. Periodically, the train will pull over to allow express trains to pass it. You have stopped at one such place, the second on your journey. However, Septimus, as you are observing the corridor, you are facing the track side. As the express train passes you, you note that... It is only towing a coal carriage. There doesn't seem to be any carriages on it at all. And and strangely, there, there seem to be people on top of the coal. It seems most unusual that, that staff would be garrisoned in such a way on a, on a, on a train. E- even if it had no carriages, there, there was surely ample space for whatever train staff needed to be there inside the engine house. It's not the engine house, it's not a ship. In, in, inside the, the engine itself. Hmm. Uh, Mr. Banks, uh, observe there. Oh, strange thing, did you see that? The, ex- the so-called express train was just a engine car with its engine with its coal car. And the staff were perched on the coal car. Oh, well, if you say so, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't really paying attention. There was a fine example of a Holstein Fennens cattle out there. <laughs> Lovely cheese. Lovely cheese producer. <laughs> mm. No, it's not. Very creamy milk. Holstein is an American. Anyway. Sorry. Well, no, it's especially important. 
Okay. You see, you see, uh, the, the benefit of having it over in this country is that it is grass-fed and not corn-fed, and, and as a result gives you a far creamier milk. Hence the fabulous cheese. <laughs> After noting this odd occurrence, you further note that this train wasn't going so fast as an express train would or a passing train. It's in fact going around the speed that you would be going on your slow stopping service. Expecting any moment that the that the train will will pass the points and and that you will be setting off any moment, you 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 wait patiently. However, the train fails to move. The people that I observed, sort of crowding on the coal car, were they wearing uniforms and whatnot? They were dressed in in black, and and you couldn't make out any any details of uniform. However, if if they if they were uh, rail engineers or, or drivers or, or coalmen, then, then that that would that wouldn't be unusual. However, uh, you, you note you noted the oddity, and then they were gone. Consider me somewhat suspicious at this point. Um, are there locks on the interior of these doors? I'm afraid there are not. Right. There is a catch, but um. there is no lock. There is no there is no door handle protruding from the door itself. It is a small catch set into the door. Presumably since it's eighteen eighty, I'm only armed with my fists. As a security man. Do I have a kosh? I think I'll have a kosh. Um You may have of... a kosh. It's quite likely around this period that most people would have carried some form of small arm. Eh, private they security were for devilishly expensive there. It's not so much the expense; it's more the case of I'm 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 a security guard for. A... This isn't America. This isn't getting crazy America, even in 1880. So I'll I'll just have a kosh. I'll uh, sort of draw it out and just sort of hide it. Sitting, I'll sit on it so it's it's not in view. Hmm. And the name of the game is Cogs, Cakes, and Sword Sticks, not Cogs, Cogs, Cakes, and Semi-Automatic Weaponry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you also don't need to decide upon your your equipment. Uh, up front, as it were, you, you may decide that you are armed with something later, should your roles give you those opportunities. Am I to take it that you are waiting patiently in the car? For the time being. Oh, good lord! Look at that! Over there, out of the window! It's a Belgian blue! <laughs> They're very rare for this country! Oh, I shall have to make a note of that. Belgian blue. Tick. Oh, They're going to all be very jealous of, jealous of me for having spotted that one. What's happening again? After completing his, his entry in, <clears throat> in his cow watcher's diary, Harry is shaken by a, by a sudden noise in an unexpected direction, as are you all. There seems to be a curious beating upon the roof, as if someone is running along the roof. It's, it's not something you've heard before, but it's unmistakable. Gentlemen, I'm, I'm, I'm rather afraid I don't particularly like this situation. Really should have left by now, and now there are people running on the roof. Indeed, Jenkins, it does seem rather uh, suspect, doesn't it? I think it may be a good idea for us to uh, attempt to bar the doors, just in case. I think that's a, a complete overreaction, gentlemen. It's pro- probably just birds landing on the roof, you know. They'll, they'll land on anything that's stood still for long enough. Indeed, Harry, would you like to probably go and take a look? Us. Yes, probably. Well, I don't actually have my bird-watching book with me. I, I, I only opted for the cow-watching book with me today, so... Under normal circumstances, I'd be quite up for that, but um, not that. Came for free in the back of Moo Monthly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's the, the the catch on the door to the exterior of the train? Um, is there any way I could block that? Is there, you know, does it look like there's... there's? I'm, I, I'm struggling to visualize the catch. Uh... Imagine uh, a, a, a two or a two to three inch long uh, square plate set into the door. In this is a is a is a, a two inch uh, lever, uh, roughly half an inch wide. Uh, currently standing proud and uh, standing proud and uh, vertical. One moves this to a a forty five degree position away from the door and slides the door in that direction. Right. You may you may attempt a a cog's roll 
uh, if, you, if you wish to uh, jam the device or, or uh, in some way tamper with it or set up some, some kind of blockage or you, you may wish to break it in which case you, you may roll sword sticks well gentlemen I, th- I think a little bit of uh, precaution is required here and I, I sort of pull my belt out and start folding it to wedge into this catch to keep it from, from fully opening please do roll me a cogs so I rolled a five. A five gives you a tricky, which means you do succeed. <clears throat> so to block a door with a with a, a a belt would be a tricky a tricky operation to do, but you do manage it by wedging it in and creating an interference whereby the door wouldn't smoothly slide towards the open position. However, you have very little confidence that this would hold against determined uh person seeking ingress uh gentlemen for the time being i think it's better if we don't remain a stationary target if you would line up behind me while we exit into the train and uh, either to something <laughs> either to just, just to leave well, either two please just line up behind me gentlemen i think we should remain together while i ascertain uh, why this train is stopped and if there is any problem this does seem like a slightly overreaction to the to the Belgium blue. I mean, it's, it is a slightly aggressive cow, but it's certainly not going to try and get in the Mr. Carriage. Banks, Mr. Banks, well, you are Mr. The security Banks. Expert, overreaction so is what I'm paid for. Harry, Harry, dear boy, may I take that yes. package, please? Uh, uh, by all means. Thank you. Single file heading towards the engine car in the corridor. You walk into the train's corridor. This is a very narrow space that one may one person may pass and and not walking comfortably either one would have to turn one's shoulders in order to fit fit down her this of course is to stay within the maximum uh, width guidance for the carriages without limiting the passenger space where one would be spending most of their time now given the time and the uh, societal kind of necessities of this age would one pass one another, giving each other the crutch of the arse? <laughs> I'm in front. No one needs to be passing. Fair enough. Generally, if we meet anyone coming towards us, we would all turn sideways and pass each other belly to belly. In or fact, I'd punch one, them in, fact, in the face and we'd all walk <laughs> ah, on Ah, crutch to crutch. In fact, one would turn and walk to the far end of the carriage where there is a passing place. Nobody would do that because we're all people. You're people in the 1880s and you're Englishmen. Damn it. <laughs> No arsing or cr- no no arsing or crotching desired here. It's the work of the devil. So, <clears throat> um, except at boarding schools. <laughs> yes, but that, that's that's purely practice on piggies. So, <laughs> and we've come full circle, gentlemen. So, <laughs> and amazingly, also straight into politics. <laughs> You are rather crammed, and it, it it's it's a tricky operation to have all three of you enter this space uh, at once. However, you do manage it, and it's it you are a little crammed. And you see ahead of you, facing the direction of travel of the train, you see ahead of you the door begin to open. I uh, pull my cosh back, ready to sort of shove it into someone's stomach, end on, depending on what they do, but turn so they can't see what I'm doing. At this point, gentlemen, you are halfway down the train carriage. There is a good five yards between you and this door. And it is opening. In the the doorway, you see, creeping forward, the point of a sword. The sword gives way to a hand, clad in black. How far forward have we come as this sort of sword hand creeps in? You are a good four to five yards. Septimus, I would say you are the head of this chain. So you are four yards away from this sword entering your space. Can I leap forward heroically, completely just full bore and smash the door on the hand and the sword? You may roll me a sword sticks roll, the first sword sticks roll of this adventure. Well done. And good for you for leaping to violence at the first opportunity. Rather than seeing who might be holding this sword. (laughs) I got a seven. You rolled a natural six. No, I I rolled a... I'm big and beefy. And I'm huge and athletic. You're big and beefy and athletic. Yes, 
You most certainly are. So you rolled a seven. That's dramatically tricky. Describe the result. Dramatically. I leap forward, doing a, a mid, mid-train roll on my side, because it's very narrow, and manage to just throw my shoulder full-throated, snapping it, and you just hear the snap and crackle as the door slams on the wrist, and a howl of pain from the other side as the sword falls to the floor. Ah! Jeff, get him! And immediately, bounding through the door, comes a young man you, you assume is Jeff. Likewise armed the sword, and he puts his shoulder to the door. Uh, make me... Uh, would you like to resist his attempts to enter? I would indeed. Make me a... No. Yes. Yes. No. Yes. yes. No. Yes. Ready no. Yes. <laughs> I rolled a four. Unfortunately, this young man seems to have taken his order rather to heart. He rushes the door, battering it in. And you are thrown physically back. I fall back on my back as the door just completely overwhelms me and surprises me. I didn't have time to set myself properly. But <laughs> what happens is this this Jeff character comes in, completely trips over me, flies sprawling, his sword stuck in the ceiling as he collapses right in front of Mr. Banks. He does indeed collapse. However, his sword remains in his hand for he beats you rather soundly. And as he rides himself and, and you, you attempt to get up and, 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 and make with the personal violence, then you notice that, that you are that you may have taken a shot to the kidneys. I'm afraid, sir, you have taken damage. What's that noise? That would be fireworks. For some for uh-huh. reason. Okay. People are shooting at us! Oh. <laughs> you see, they're armed with, you see, they're armed with very small automatic weapons. <laughs> so, that could, in the steampunk world, that would work. You'd have like a pepper pot firing off. <laughs> click, click, reload. <laughs> you must now reduce all of your stats by one. This can be rectified by some cool. sort of roll to enact some first aid or recovery. However, for now, your plus twos have become plus ones, and your plus three has become a plus two. Should your plus three end up as being a zero, you shall lose consciousness. Yay! Is this gentleman still at my feet? Hey, gods! The little bugger got me! <laughs> <laughs> the gentleman is at your feet, sir. Then I would like to swiftly and surely kick him in the knackers. Using my twinkle toes, which is athletic and fast on my feet. <laughs> that is entirely appropriate. Please do roll. That is a five. Three plus two. Three plus two. However, this gentleman rolled an eight. So, see, seeing your oh uh, <clears throat> your shoes uh, rear back in order to prepare to kick this man squarely in the face, he very rightly has a flight response. Oh, in the... In- I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, not, not in the face, uh, in the knackers, in the right. testicles, in, 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 in his, his bluebells, his jewels, in his Norwegian he, he manages to pick himself up and throw himself back bodily, just in time, with his sword trained upon you, with a, with a panicked cry, he says, Dave, Dave, they're putting up a fight, what do I do, they're put, what, what, what do I do, Dave? Hester's just going to um, just going to lean out from behind uh, Harry and just say, uh, "What's all this, dear boy? What on earth are you doing? Don't be such a fool. Put, oh, sorry, I'm going to go with the my, with my cage roll, which is honest and open face, inspiring confidence. So puppy dog face, basically. So what, what I'd like to see a bit more of is making the roll first and then describing the action. Ah. Birds uh, impact upon the man, and it seems to only uh, stiffen his resolve." He's here to do a job, and you might be it. Entering the carriageway and slamming what the uh, the door into the legs of of the the, the now uh, semi recumbent Septimus comes another man that you assume must be Dave, clutching a broken wrist. I assume. Nope, he's perfectly ah. fine. In that case, I'll I'll rear up my leg and roll first. It's a sword <laughs> sticks roll. 
I roll a six. So I rear my leg up. In a move which will later be called Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I kick him just below the knee and then in the crotch. He howls in pain as his knee buckles and he falls onto your extending leg as you head it towards his nethers. He collapses in quite the heap in front of you, his sword clattering to the ground. By this point, Jeff looks rather panicked and now advances upon the first person in front of him to seek some advantage. Uh, Harry would like to try and pick up the sword that is clattering. Uh, um, unfortunately, that is behind the man who's currently advancing on you with a sword. Maybe rather tricky. Ah. However, oh, what yeah. I would, la- would I'd like you to do is roll a sword sticks roll for as high an advantage as you can manage, given some justification. Uh, that would be a four with a quick on my feet in that I am going to the only oh damn I can't because um, I gave the package to William so I am totally defensive <laughs> did you give him the package or did um, you give him the package so, and the valise I only asked yes. for the package then I kept the leather bag and I shall use that to defend myself so um, if I oh I, I, you know I've been forgetting to add plus one to everything so um, that's seven seven so you rolled a six I rolled a four plus my two because I'm quick on my feet. And uh, only, only one modifier at a time, please, gentlemen. If you have a plus two, you have a plus ah. two. If you have a plus one, you have a plus one. It's just the highest that counts. Six, Six. Then in that case. Well, that would be a tie, and ties count. Please describe the action. As he uh, approaches me, he thrusts his sword at me, and I deftly and elegantly open the bag. And his sword goes into the bag, and I close it on his arm, <laughs> slamming the latch upon his wrist. <laughs> well, he is only armed with a cutlass, and we'll assume it's a very deep bag of Mary Poppins <laughs> sort of proportions. <laughs> well, like, the sword pokes out the bottom. It may have popped out of the bottom. Yeah, popped through the bottom. I was thinking more of like a uh, like a, a rapier, thin, pointy sword that pierced through the bottom of the bag. He can have a rapier if you desire. So. He thrusts his sword through your bag and, and thinks, ah, I shall get this man, and you, you see victory on his face. However, using the bag, you could now redirect his point away from you uh, and close the bag on his on his hand. However, you're, you're not quite forcing hard, and you, you haven't disabled him. He still remains clutching the weapon, you clutching the bag, locked in struggle. At this point, another man is trying to enter rather gingerly through the same door. Shouting, okay. We'll kill the lawyer! We will! And everything over! Everything over, and it will be, it'll be alright. We'll, we'll, we'll leave you alone if you, we just want your money and your stuff. We don't have to kill you. Be sensible. I rolled a five, so I'm going to kick the door into his nose. Presumably plus two to that, so it's a seven. Repeatedly kick it into his face. I believe this is your main stat. This is your plus three, is it not? But I believe this is, is your plus two, two which is your injured. Took, ah, t- yes. took a kidney shot. I'm struggling here a bit. Uh, I, I would appreciate, gentlemen, if any injuries at all could be described in gory detail on your part. They, they, won't, they won't necessarily hamper you. Uh, however, I would probably be rather boring. If you want to pick up some or <laughs> so, some amazing scars for, your, for for the ladies who love scars or be able to tell interesting stories about in the clubhouse later, then that would be spiffy. Thank you. So, <clears throat> so you... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, the small arms fire is back. <laughs> now live from Baghdad. <laughs> 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 So, uh, your roll was? Seven. Well, this young man just rolled a one. <laughs> so have at. <laughs> as I, I, I will add as well that, that this may be more than a single action. At the moment, we've been kind of doing one attack, like a D&D type thing. However, this could narrate the entire course of the fight. Okay. If you so desire. As I just... just just clutching my side with my cosh in my other hand. Like, sort of the, 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 the adrenaline from the boxing days just, just floods through. Like It was like the time when I was fighting the huge Negro and got my ass handed to me. They called me the Great White Hope, and I wasn't much hope because racism is stupid. 
<laughs> but nonetheless, I had the blood in me for that fight. So as they just timed it perfectly as, he, as this character creeps through the door, threatening and demanding money, the door slams into his face and his nose explodes with blood. A couple of teeth go flying. And I roll over onto my side, throwing my kosh at the one behind me, attacking Mr. Banks, my sworn protectee. The kosh slaps him up the back of the head. He drops the sword and falls to his knee, screeching like a little girl. The blood flowing from my sighs. I rise up onto my feet with a roar. Victorious, conquering all that I see. No one could love you more than I. Some could love you better. Cogs, Cakes and Solstix is published by Modifius Entertainment and is written by Lynn Hardy. Intro music was by Louis Barabbas and the Bedlam Six. All other music by Kevin MacLeod. If you want to get in touch with us, email swordnutradio at gmail.com. That's swordnutradio at gmail.com. Or get a hold of me on Twitter at swordnutradio, where among other things you can vote for the episode titles. We also have a Facebook page where you're more likely to get hold of the rest of the cast. And if you're one of the lucky few with a carrier pigeon, I've just rebuilt my coop. So send away. Thanks for listening. Ain't getting on no tree pool. Someone's in trouble. We might want to pause here for a second. I'm, I'm, well, I, I didn't hear anything about uh, Olivia coming in with a the dog there, but we've got Olivia coming in with a dog. We've got Adam. He's stopping his face. Yeah, eating. <laughs> Every time, like your your knife hits the plate, it, it flashes up with you. <laughs> Sorry, apology. I, I have now finished. I was trying to stuff that down as quickly as possible. Professionals, people, professionals. <laughs> False to that. <laughs> this is why we don't have a paint job. <laughs> Excuse me, house. Oh god. There we go. <laughs> Now, Harry, I'd expect that behaviour from Jenkins, but not from you. <laughs> Sorry, I, I had a very bad cucumber sandwich earlier on. It's left me a bit gassy. Apologies. Oh, it says we're live! It says we're live! Speak into the microphone, dear boy. This so is you're... the road procaster. Uh, okay, so I'm oh, going to... Shit, is this going to fiddle with... Oh! If anyone is watching us on YouTube right now, this is called teething problems. And also you poor sods. <laughs> Whoa, everybody. No. Let's see. Cool. Yes, okay. Google is still going to fuck with my recording levels. I think for the first time in uh, Swordnut Radio history, I am drinking alcohol whilst recording a session. Uh, questions? So this is a very steampunk world. Very, 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 very pulpy. Presumably, there aren't weapons in this game, seeing it's so rules light. There, there are weapons, but it's how you use them. So, um, combat, for example, could be an entire duel with some mook or whatever is one roll. Yeah. Or it could be twenty. It depends how you want to interpret how your roll goes. There's a scale. That goes from two to nine, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, the trickiness scale, essentially. You know uh, that that's yeah that that sounds like an extremely tricky cogs roll. And you say right, okay, um, I'm going to roll with a plus two because I have this thing, and you've got to convince me. Uh, basically, almost anything that you do is either going to be a plus one or a zero. Okay, um, because you're heroes, so plus one. And no, 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 I'm not going to give any penalties. But if you're rolling with a, with no modifier whatsoever, it's because it's a tricky thing that a specialist should be doing, or someone who's trained should really be doing. And the inspired amateur probably can't do very well, kind of thing. Uh, like you've got no chance. If it's something that so I, as a formal boxer, will obviously be able to recogitate the flux capacitor of the train's engine. No. Exactly. If you were if you were trying that, that would be a zero, a plus zero. 
um, if you had a reasonable shake at it, like if you could justify, like, well, I've been around these things, I'm just going to bash things until something happens. I, I might give you a plus one. Do you know what I mean? Um, so this is this is going to be a film or a radio play kind of thing. It's it's not in any way supposed to be uh, doing optimal things to to get success. It's be a bit stupid and silly. Okay. Um, I'm sure that will be so hard for us. Don't be a shrinking violet, essentially. Like, oh, I'm I'm just going to try and hide from this dangerous situation and try and just try this. You're hiding from that dangerous situation, so you can jack in the box and fucking banzai them. You know, what I mean? like banzai. Um, yeah, you're 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 pulp heroes. You're 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 not the sort of people to sit on your hands, kind of thing. Um, whether that doesn't necessarily need to be combat, um, you could just as easily and probably more successfully. Take someone who wants to do you physical harm and kill you and things, and talk to them about it, um, and deliver a, a, such a, a withering tirade of insults through your um, your cakes uh, stat that they they hand you their sword, you know. So it, it's entirely up to you, or, or or you may decide to use your cogs kind of thing to do something else. And it, you just got you just got to convince me why I should do it. So basically if you're doing something where you, you, you should have no chance whatsoever to do this, it's going to be a zero. However, the scale is between well, it's between one and nine. So you could still roll a six. Right. And that would be sort of succeeding. You know, like there's there's no crit there's no crit success in this though. Um, but if you roll a one, something goes badly for you. <laughs> Alright? Now Here's the important thing with with all these things, is that you have a say in how it goes. It's not me necessarily saying, okay, you've succeeded, and this is what happens. Like if if there's something happening, it's really to be simple that sort of stuff. But if you've got an idea about what should happen, then you do it. If you want to be failing forward, if if you fail the role and say, okay, I fail, but this thing happens, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, or you could say that I, I've 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 um, succeeded the role by actually failed to do what it was I was trying to do, but this thing happens that's better instead. Yeah. Bally heroes. Who's testing their dice? Me. This this die likes ones and sixes. This should be interesting. <laughs> <laughs>